Welcome to the Partners Financial Podcast, a podcast designed for you with insights from fellow members as well as NFP and Partners Financial experts. Welcome to the Partners Financial Podcast. I'm Kristen Williams, and today I am joined by Sohil Patel, who is Regional Vice President with Nationwide. He is Regional Vice President Extraordinaire and covering much of the Midwest and our friends in Lenox. Sohil, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Kristen. appreciate the opportunity uh, to be on the podcast today. Of course. So jumping right in, we wanted to talk about interest rates and the ways that Nationwide in particular is helping clients sort of respond to a high interest rate environment, and in some cases, take advantage of what a high interest rate can provide. So specifically, we're thinking, of course, of things like SPIAs and a premium deposit fund, which we often call a PDF. So, so Hill, can you start by talking to us about how high interest rates are actually impacting things like SPIAs and PDFs? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the high interest rate, obviously, you know, over the past year, year and a half has had you know, a positive and negative impacts, right? I mean, you think about it in terms of, you know, the negative impact is obviously the interest rates, you know, loan interest rates have gone up, right? Um, whether you're looking at mortgages, you know, premium financing. Um, but on the flip side, I think it has really helped, you know, the insurance carriers uh, because, you know, they price their products, especially their fixed products based on the interest rates that they get, you know, in today's market, right? Um, so especially right now, because the interest rates have been, you know, four or 5%, um, you know, the fixed products like the immediate annuity SPIA, um, those are really interest rate sensitive products, right? I mean, I feel like the, the interest rates, you know, the payouts on that probably changes, you know, almost every week, if not, you know, every, every other week. Um, so especially those, you know, uh, annuity products are really beneficial right now because, you know, they're Pretty much, you know, in a sense, are offering a really nice payout to the clients that are looking for some you know, deferred income or you know wants to uh, kind of use some tax incentive to spread out you know, their income from from their you know uh, annuity. Um, go ahead. Now I do have to say it's such a nice change to hear about annuities and SPIAs being in a positive direction. It's been so long that we've been in a low interest rate environment that I don't think anyone even mentioned annuities as a positive um, option for clients. So it's nice to hear that they're looking up. Um, right. I've, I feel like, at, at, you know, a few couple of years back, it was like, you know, zero rate interest rate environment, right? So the, the, you were probably losing money on, on an immediate annuity if you're putting some in. Um, but I, I was going to add one more point, you know, to the premium deposit funds and the same thing, right? You know, we're, we're essentially, uh, you know, you're seeing uh, rates you know, at the banks starting to go up, you know, with the CDs, you know, earning um, higher interest rates now as well. Similarly, a lot of the insurance carriers have increased their, you know, the premium deposit fund uh, interest rate account as well to help, uh, you know, the clients and um, the advisors to, you know, who wants to put in you know, maybe lump some away right now to fund their insurance policy. Mm -hmm. So we've been talking about SPIAs and PDFs, and sometimes it's hard for me to help people decide when they should use a SPIA versus when they should use a PDF. So can you sort of talk to us about the difference and then why you would choose one over the other and, and when they make sense? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, the number one uh, point that comes to mind is, you know, the interest rate guarantees that come with these PIAs, right? Kind of like what we mentioned a little bit ago, you know, the money that you're putting into this PIA right now is essentially going to guarantee you the interest rate based on the payout that you choose. You know, let's say you pick a 10-year term certain option, you're payout for that 10 years is going to be guaranteed by that insurance carrier. Um, you know, so when, even when the interest rates go down, you know, three, four five years down the road, you don't have to worry about, you know, your interest rate for that annuity going down. Um, and on the flip side with the premium deposit funds, you know, I know um, a lot of the carriers don't guarantee that interest rate. You know, I'll use the nationwide as an example, you know, the nationwide does not guarantee our uh, premium deposit fund account interest rate. Um, so, you know, let's say if the interest rates are going back down, you know, that the account, the interest rate will ideally, will, you know, it's going to go down as well. So you know, that, that means the client is going to, you know, earn less money uh, on that account. That means they might have to put a little bit more out of pocket to fund that insurance contract. Um, so, you know, a lot of what ifs, <laughs> especially when you're trying to fund a contract over the five, 10 years. Um, but I think using SPIA is going to give you that satisfaction and, you know, the peace of mind knowing that you're guaranteed that money uh, from the insurance carrier. So if this BIA's benefit is that it has a guaranteed interest rate, why would I ever pick a PDF over a SPIA? Uh, so the, the flexibility. Um, so I think, you know, with SPIA, you know, th there are contracts where, you know, you could maybe get a withdrawal out of the contract, but sometimes you're not able to, right? Depending on the carrier that you choose. Um, so let's say you, you put, you know, 500,000 into SPIA, you know, you might only have the option of getting that 500,000 over the 10 years, right? You might, if you need that money, you know, three years down the road, you're not able to pull that out of the, uh, the annuity contract. Um, but with the PDF account, it, it's sort of like a, you know, a bank account, right? That's sitting on a side with the insurance carrier. So, you know, if you decide, hey, I don't want to put this money into that insurance, contract anymore you know i need this to maybe renovate my house or you know you need to buy a new car or whatever it is uh, you are able to pull that money out uh, you know you have that flexibility because it's it's not tied um, to any you know a product okay. but again it's it's depending on the situation there's a positive and a negative right using mm -hmm. a, a both scenarios i like that you gave the lawyer's answer of well it <laughs> <laughs> right so let's pivot off of SPIAs and talk about deferred annuities. Um, one of the situations that seems to come up quite often is that someone has a deferred annuity, they bought it, they worked with you and your team, they've done a lot of really great financial planning, and they no longer really need that deferred annuity. They thought maybe it'd be great for a retirement, but they're retiring in a really comfortable position. So is there a tax-efficient way to pass this deferred annuity on to their children? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the ways we could do that is uh, through SPIA contract, actually, you know, um, so, it, it, you know, let's say you have a client, you know, kind of you mentioned, you know, in their late 60s have this deferred annuity that they just want to pass on to their, you know, heirs, right, their kids, you know, um, one of the ways they could do it is just leave the annuity as is, right, and you can pass that money on. But to your point, it's it's not going to be a tax efficient manner because the kids are going to have to end up owing taxes, right? Or start taking distributions when the debt occurs. Um, they also don't get that step up in uh, the basis, right? When the um, the annuity owner passes away. So the, a lot of the tax burden is actually going to shift to the children. Um, so I, 
and what we can do is, you know, you typically cannot 1035 annuity contract into a life insurance contract, right? It's one of the 1035 exchange rules is, you know, you can go from life to life, you can go from life to annuity, but you cannot do uh, annuity to life. Um, so one of the ways we can do it is, you know, it's not going to avoid uh, the taxes, but what we can do is we can 1035 that deferred annuity into a SPIA. And then, um, you know, depending on how we set up that life insurance contract, you know, that, that I'll use a 10 pay uh, as an example. Let's say we set up a life insurance, uh, you know, 5 million of death benefit using a 10 pay uh, premium structure. We can set up that SPIA on a 10 premium payments, right? 10 year term certain option um, that's going to automatically fund that life insurance contract for you. Um, the benefit of doing that is one, the taxes are going to be spread out. Um, so, you know, depending on what we're looking at, the non, if it's a non qualified uh, annuity, you know, your, your taxes are going to be spread out. So that way you're getting portion of your basis, for, um, uh, you know, when you're getting that payment as well as portion of interest. So you're, you're not having to pay all interest up front or, you know, the, you're taking out the basis up front. So you kind of get that proportion of uh, taxes. Uh, so it helps spread out the taxes over that 10 years. Um, as well as I, I think the most important thing is you're leveraging your money to buy, you know, higher death benefit. That's real. I mean, at the end of the day, you're, it's the most efficient, you know, life insurance is the most efficient way to pass on the death benefit uh, to your heirs. And this is one of the ways you could do it as, you know, use a SPIA to fund a life insurance contract. I love it. We're going to use the deferred annuity to buy a SPIA to fund life insurance. It's always the great solution. Um, what if the client is less concerned about passing money on to the next generation, but really has some long-term care concerns? Can we use that deferred annuity to meet a long-term care need? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, th there, there are a couple of ways we can do it. So, you know, going back to the, our previous example of using the deferred annuity to pay for that, uh, you know, the life insurance contract, um, you know, we can always add a long-term care rider to that, right? Um, you know, Nationwide has a really good cash indemnity long-term care rider. Um, so, you know, once the client goes on claim, you know, no bills or receipts, um, which is really <laughs> beneficial and, you know, time-saving uh, for the client. So we can absolutely do that. We can add the long-term care rider or additionally, you know, we, we can even use um, the SPIA to fund uh, a care matters policy, right? Which is our hybrid long-term care policy, which is typically bought, you know, the, on a five or 10 pay, um, you know, premium structured anyways. So it kind of works out perfectly because you're kind of using that, uh, you know, a short pay and using that SPIA to fund it. Uh, so, so it really does, uh, you know, make it easy when someone is looking for that additional, you know, living benefits, you know, long-term care play. Um, and on, on top of that, I think it also adds some flexibility uh, when you're using SPIA to fund a life insurance contract, right? Because going back, going back to that 1035 exchange rules, right? Uh, when you're trying to exchange a contract, uh, annuity contract into another annuity, uh, you, you can only do that when the owners are like to like. Right. Um, so, you know, let's say you have a spouse who has an annuity, but they're the you know, husband who has an annuity. But then he also wants to buy a long term care policy for his uh, wife. Um, so typically you cannot use that money, um, you know, uh, but to 1035 because it's an annuity. 
but using SPIA could make that really easy uh, because you know you're, you're only 1035 uh, you're 1035ing the money from an annuity to annuity as the owner is the same like to like um, and then you're funding a life insurance contract so which is completely outside of the 1035 exchange rules um, so we have definitely had uh, situations where uh, a client will come in you know and is buying a policy on himself um, as well as you know his wife and we're just using that one annuity to fund uh, both of the contracts i love that these strategies take a deferred annuity which inherently has a lot of inflexibility in it. And you're using the existing options to buy a SPIA, which has really is performing nicely these days with the higher interest rate. And then using those SPIA payments to find flexibility and solutions sort of across the planning spectrum. I think that's a really sort of clever way of taking an inflexible asset and finding flexibility. Um, the last yeah. question, go ahead. No, I was going to say it and, and another point, and, and I know the, one of the ways that we make it easy is, you know, we don't want the annuity payments going to the client and client, you know, mailing the annuity payments back to us to fund a life insurance contract, right? Um, so I know at Nationwide, we make it really easy um, to have your uh, annuity payments going directly into the life insurance contract is actually on the application. It will ask you what the policy number is. So we kind of make it, it's kind of like, you know, taking the money from our left pocket and putting it in the right pocket. Uh, so we want to make it as easy as possible uh, for the client and the advisor. Um, so to your point is it's a lot, lot of flexibility to do that. Mm -hmm. I love it. You guys are always so client centric and really focused on doing what's best for your clients. And that's just another example of the ways that Nationwide is helping clients meet the planning needs that they have. Um, at my last question for you is in the space of business planning. Regular listeners of the pod will know that I've got a real focus this year on business planning. So what do we do if we have a corporate-owned policy that was used to insure an employee who's no longer with the business for whatever reason? What can, what can we do to insure a new employee? Are there some options available for that business owner? Yeah, um, there's a couple of different ways we could look at it. I mean, you know, I feel like a lot of times the business owner is typically has two options, right? They can leave the policy as is, right? And, you know, keep funding it or, you know, just uh, stop funding the payments and, you know, wait for that debt benefit uh, to be paid to the business. Probably less, you know, efficient way to uh, keep that contract. Um, you know, another way could be to just surrender the policy, right? I mean, uh, take that money, um, you know, if obviously if you surrender, there's tax consequences. Um, so, you know, I feel like the easiest way is going in, you know, theme of our, our podcast is, you know, because the owner is going to stay the same, right, on the annuity contract, as well as the new life insurance contract, uh, you can use that existing in, uh, life insurance, you know, that they no longer need, because that employee has moved on, uh, you know, they can 1035 that into an annuity contract, right. And then, um, you know, depending on how you're structuring that new life insurance policy for that new, um, uh, the employee, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a short pay, right? I mean, you can fund that, you know, new life insurance contract for five years and then maybe put some more money out of, you know, the business and, you know, going forward or, you know, you can put uh, some annuity money in there as well as, you know, put some more uh, out of pocket in that life insurance contract. So I think using that same method of, you know, just going back to your point about having that flexibility within SPIA, um, 
can really benefit in the executive planning phase as well because um, it, it all depends on who is owning the policy, right? So uh, th that's why I think SPIAs is, is a really diversified, you know, planning tool, um, especially when you have that money sitting in an, an annuity, which you might not need in the future. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I think that the real takeaway from today's discussion is SPIAs can be a great intermediary vehicle to provide you flexibility and to do some planning that you maybe wouldn't have been able to do without utilizing the SPIA. So thank you for bringing all these really creative solutions to us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me again. It was my pleasure. Yeah, thanks.